Welcome back, everyone, to Pod on You Loons. This is our self-isolation edition, and Justin is on his Hawaii honeymoon right now. So I am here with a very good friend. We have Jeremy coming to you from the My Franchise Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Yeah, do, doing great. Doing great. It's I know we're we're not in the same room right now, but it's good to see you. No, and I mean, you know, at this rate, this may be the only, you know, the only interaction we have, maybe ever again. Who knows? Yeah, the, <laughs> we may this, all be locked in boxes pretty soon. This is the new normal. I was just telling my wife, like, it doesn't matter if you live across the street from us or if you live, you know, five states away from us. You are about as as close as it matters. It's it's no difference, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do with themselves and exactly with what we're doing right now. I mean, we're, this is a sports podcast. I'm, I do a football podcast myself You're You got your soccer one here and we don't even know if we got sports to talk about. <laughs> there, there is a lot to talk about today in regards to soccer. I'm I'm not so worried about right now. I'm worried about next week when Justin gets back. So I think I'm <laughs> going to let Justin write the script that week. You know, we you talked last episode. He might he might end up staying in Hawaii. He might not yeah. be allowed back. So <laughs> poor guy, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, if yep. you're going to be quarantined, might as that's well be the way to Hawaii, do it. Right? That's right. <laughs> All right. So um, you know, like you said, my franchise. You know, that's the football thing that I do. And, you know, I'm really happy that you're having me on and, and let me uh, talk a little soccer because you're you're the reason I like the sport in the first place. So that that's true. I, I introduced you to soccer when we were roommates years ago and I couldn't even get you to follow my team. <laughs> you oh, no, ended up, no, you ended up liking Arsenal for some reason. <laughs> of course. Well, I, I couldn't. We, we already had too many teams in common. We had to have a couple rivalries. I mean, we butt heads in college. We got I got the Gophers, which isn't really a rivalry because we're not any good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, the most important sport we share, you know, yeah. so I, I couldn't I couldn't very well have the same soccer team as you as well. That's true. Go, go, Pat, go. Justin's not here to. That's right. To Justin's curtail that. To rebuttal on that. Go, Pat, go. 100 well, percent. Well, on top of that, Sam, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, unlike you who didn't do your research on it, I just didn't want to be one of those blue blood Chelsea fans that, you know, <laughs> with all their royalty. You know, I, I like that Arsenal, you know, the hard work in, you know, plus the Invincibles. I mean, come on, Sam. <laughs> You know, here's the problem with that. Yes, Chelsea has a lot of money. But unless you're cheering for Huddersfield, you don't get to talk. (laughs) Arsenal has plenty of money itself. But we choose not to spend it. (laughs) Well, yeah, that that is your that is your own problem. Yeah. So, Jeremy, uh, I've known him since 2011. We first were colleagues. And then we were roommates and then we grew up a little bit, but then we ended up as grad school classmates. So we, we've gone through a lot together. I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start, but right. here, how about this? We were, we were roommates together for three years at Como Park Apartments in St. Paul. Yep. So a lot of things come to my mind when I think of those three years. Do you, do you have anything uh, that stands out to you? 
appropriate things that stand out to you? Of, of course. So, I mean, I think you know what it has to be. And it's when we had the four TVs. Well, actually, there's three TVs and I believe two computers. So five total screens set up for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And then once the tournament was over... We just didn't really change it. <laughs> it just sort we of liked it that way. <laughs> yeah. So we just decided that our living room was going to be our own personal Buffalo Wild Wings and it was pretty great. Yeah. We after the NCAA tournament, there were only 3 TVs and I'll be honest because my wife does not let me do that. No, mine either. <laughs> <laughs> now, if she will let me bring up the basement TV if there are two games on at the same time that we want to see. So that I'm happy about that. She's a good sport, but I've never had five TVs going at the same time <laughs> like I did during our NCAA party. It was great. It's amazing. So that that's definitely my favorite. You know, you kind of you, well, you kind of talked. I, I got one that I think tops it. This is what I thought you were going to say is that right. awful Papa's on chair that you had. <laughs> we didn't have a large fellas. apartment. It was that standard two bedroom apartment that everyone had. And he just had this large Papa's on chair that didn't really fit. And it didn't really look great. It didn't look bad by any means, but it didn't look great. And then it wasn't very comfortable. No. So no one wanted to sit in it. <laughs> no one wanted to sit in it. But we were, you know, I was in my 20s at the time. You were in your early 30s. We had people over a lot. And so people inevitably would be sitting in that chair and they would always fall out of it. So, <laughs> you know, all, all my uh, all my high school buddies that are, are listening to this right now because they have nothing better to do because they're on quarantine. Here's that shout out to you. Thank you for coming over and falling out of that Papazon chair because that was great entertainment. Well, I, you know, I can't remember which one of your buddies it was that like essentially like must either passed out or, or whatever. And he essentially like had it like over the top of him. Like it was like a turtle shell, like <laughs> at one point in time. Um, so I can't remember who that was, but that was an interesting thing to walk out to. <laughs> I mean, I had multiple buddies end up falling asleep in the Papa's on chair. I think you're referring to Donald who took it off of the, Yes. I don't know what pedestal would it would that yep. be a pedestal? He takes <laughs> it off the pedestal and falls asleep inside of the bowl like he's a cat. But then yeah, there there was at one point where he just pulls it over him as if he's a turtle. You're right. And then uh, you know, our our buddy Ben, I remember after our friend Scott's wedding, he he just falls asleep full tuxedo in the Papa's on chair. Yep. <laughs> You know, and I think the last one we got to mention, just because, like, as guys who are both teachers and who work together at the same school, there was something, and, you know, this is back in my drinking days, you know, so uh, there's something pretty great about, like, getting that 6.30 a.m. phone call and, like, saying school's canceled and almost immediately popping open your first beer and uh, just sitting back and watching some movies and being day drunk by about 11.30. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I even remember there was a Sunday night football game, I think, against the Lions, where we we heard right before kickoff that there was not oh, going to be school the next yeah, day. And and that remains one of just the favorite nights of my life. <laughs> we, we, we had a couple pops that night, that's for sure. <laughs> so, well, Jer- 
Jeremy, you, uh, you're coming representing my franchise, Fantasy Football. So why don't you just explain my franchise? What's the purpose of listening to my franchise as opposed to the footballers who we like, the 06010 who we like? Why, why listen to you guys? Right. So we kind of take more of the common man approach to it. You know, we, we try to bring a lot more humor into what we do and just sort of a more relaxed atmosphere. I mean, we're not going to throw a bunch of DVOA and stat numbers at you and all that stuff. And if that's what you're looking for, you know, we're not really those guys. We're more of the like, more of the gut feeling type of guys. And we also are, you know, we call ourselves non-experts. That's sort of what we go with in our, in our, on our podcast. So we like to just sort of throw out some of the common man approach to things. And we like to look more at dynasty and more at like long-term leagues and things like that. So we just, it's something fun for us. I mean, like that's the biggest thing is that like we started it because we have such a passion for fantasy football and Marty, who I do the podcast with and Tom as well. Like it's just, it's something that's ingrained in us and we just like to talk about it because I mean, shoot, you know, I play in 20 leagues, man. Like I'm, I'm insane. I just, I love it. I, it's my hobby. Yeah. I, I really, I remember when you first told me you're starting that podcast and I remembered feeling very jealous because that had been for a long time my dream to start a podcast. I just never thought I would know enough about anything to actually have my own podcast unless someone really wanted to hear about, you know, the history class I teach or something like that. Right. At, at the time when you guys got going, I, I remember listening to you early on and, you know, the recording quality wasn't great and... uh you said you said your fair share of ums, but the content was always very good. Uh, you call yourselves the non-experts, but I've never thought of you that way. I, I think you put a lot of intelligence into into the material you publish, and it's just gotten better. You guys now sound completely professional when you're talking, and yes, you you come across as kind of the common man. You, you come across as a little bit more lighthearted, maybe something you can listen to after after a long day at work on your commute home. But you don't come across as people that don't know what they're talking about. And you don't come across as people that didn't do their research. Well, and one of the things when I agreed to start doing it is that I, I respect Marty as a player probably as much as anyone. Like, And me and him have completely different approaches. And, and you can hear on the podcast how different our takes are on a lot of things. He he wins championships. He's always in the playoffs. He's he's such a good fantasy manager. And so like that's why I agreed to do it with him is because like it was just something that like we both had a passion for and I respected his point of view, even though most a lot of the times we don't approach it the same way. And I think that's a nice thing is you don't always get just one perspective from us. Sure. So since Justin's gone, this show is about me. Right. So I'm going to tell you what I enjoy about my franchise. All right. So I've been getting fantasy football advice from Jeremy since 2011. It's re it's resulted in a impressive string of regular season championships for you, of course, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, for me, those regular season championships were all I had. <laughs> but here, here's a bigger selling point. Talking sleepers. Let me tell you guys something. If Matthew Barry or the footballers, if they tell the world they're sleepers, those guys aren't really sleepers anymore. So you have to you have to find a different source. If you're not coming up with sleepers on your own, find an expert 
or a non-expert that has has sleepers that not everyone in the world is listening to. Well, right now, and I, I emphasize right now, my franchise could be your guys. I do love how they are so accessible. They formed an online community. They're incredibly active on Facebook. So if you want to get involved with that show, just log on, start talking to them. And then finally, I just want to say there was a year, not this past season, but the season before, so 2018, I won my two biggest leagues because I picked up James Conner before anyone else did. And that was Jeremy's advice. So enough about fantasy football. This is a football podcast. Yep, we got a time to time to go to the old black and white. And while we, we don't have any games to cover, we sure have news. Yeah. <laughs> because, whoa, we, we have coronavirus, which we could talk for hours about. And then finally, we have the U.S. women's national team who not only won the She Believes Cup, but they did so in the weirdest court case I have ever heard. Let's start talking. We're going to start with the big one. We're going to start with coronavirus. All right. So almost every league around the world is canceled right now. Is is there anyone still playing? Is there any leagues out there, soccer, professional soccer, that's still going? I know La Liga was for a little while. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Liga Emekis was playing for a while. Whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Come on, I'm a rookie, man. I knew it was in Mexico. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so last weekend, the, the Mexican League was still playing. There were some South American leagues still playing. I don't have the channels to watch those leagues. So I was watching the Australian A-League, which totally reminded me of in the summer when we weren't working and we'd be just craving American football and we would start watching the CFL. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Remember? Well, who are the teams we picked again? I I don't remember. I I remember we picked teams and then we talked trash. Well, Edmonton Eskimos, I feel like someone had Edmonton. Because they were green and gold. Green and gold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was me. (laughs) And I know Donuts was in on it, too, uh, another friend of ours. And I think he liked the Hamilton Tiger Cats or something. I don't know. That was funny. But, you know, I have my Saturday morning routine. When my daughter wakes up way earlier than she should, I pick her up and I go downstairs and I turn on soccer. And my wife sleeps for several hours. And that's like my quiet time with my daughter. She's on the ground, like, playing with blocks. And I'm just you know, watching a game. All I had was the Australian A-League. And I, <laughs> I think ESPN Plus also had the the Indian League. I chose the Australian League. And yeah, it, it was fine. Uh, the crowds, I don't know if they were always that empty or if it was just because of the coronavirus. But I watched, uh, I think it was Melbourne against, I know I watched Wellington Phoenix at one point. I forget who, <laughs> they were playing Melbourne. And then I was watching Perth Glory against Sydney, one of the Sydney teams. It it was all right. It again, I compare it to the CFL. It held me over. Well, and you were talking about you know going downstairs and you know watching the game with your daughter and having that time. Like I used to be the guy that's like. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sports, 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 sports. And as you get older and you do things like get married and, you know, stuff like that, you kind of, you kind of lose it a little bit. You don't really, I still am huge into football and I always watch my games, but 
the one thing I also always held on to was Saturday morning, Sunday morning soccer, because you can get up early, you can get the game in, and then the rest of your day you have open, you know, and that's what really solidified me as an Arsenal fan is just like being able to see so many of the games because of the times they were on and, and things like that. So that's something that's really hard. Like you get in those routines and those traditions and it's hard not having those things around right now. Oh, yeah. When you're married and you like to watch sports more than your wife, early morning soccer on the weekends, that's like a freebie because mm-hmm. they're sleeping. They, yep. <laughs> they don't care that you're spending hours watching those games because they're sleeping. And uh, not only is it a freebie, but I get like bonus points because I'm waking up early with my daughter to have that go away. That, that is tough. So, Sam, what do we know right now about the MLS season? Where are we at? Yeah, so they were originally suspended until April 11th. It's already been pushed back to May 10th. Uh, really, who knows? They've talked about extending the season into December, which I don't I don't know about you, but how would you feel about Allianz Field in December? <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't April. sound like a lot of fun to me, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I've been to Green Bay in December, so, you know, it's... <laughs> At every least, game i know but at least those guys know what they're getting themselves into like <laughs> <laughs> i i worry about maybe some of our players from uh different countries that <laughs> i don't yeah. think they're ready for that my great south <laughs> and i don't know if i don't know if we're gonna get our 25 if uh if we're playing in december right yeah who knows man <laughs> see i listen i know what the 25 is <laughs> 25 goals, right? He's got two. Yeah, he's got two, two at the moment. Two goals in two <laughs> games for Luis San Maria. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. I mean, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> the impact that this could potentially have on Minnesota United, and I'm going to preface this by saying any impact this has on Minnesota United is not a big deal compared to the impact that this could have on people's lives, on people's finances, on just so many things that are more important than a hobby. This, this is a this soccer is a Minnesota Loons podcast. Yeah, it's not right. a, <laughs> we're not, know, we're so, not talking finance. So no, no. Well, maybe a little finance. Ooh, is that a preview for later? Maybe. <laughs> that's not in my notes. So if he, okay. has, if he has something coming up, that's that's on him. He's going above and beyond, and I appreciate that. So um, obviously, yeah. there's going to be a negative for every team in the MLS with this disruption and the lack of training that's going on. But I think there's really an added negative for Minnesota United because they were on to a hot start. Not only did they win their first two games, but they dominated their first two games and they're heading into their home opener uh, with all that momentum behind them. So I have to count that as a negative. Well, and they did it in such a way where it wasn't just one or two guys that were carrying them. They were, they were getting contributions from five, six, seven different starters in different ways, whether it had been goal scoring or assists or whatever. And so when you have that momentum, it's really hard when you see that just halted like that and not carrying through. So that is for Minnesota. I think that's, that's the real shame of all this, obviously minus the other major things, just talking purely in the soccer standpoint. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the team reacts. Do they change their tactics? Obviously other teams are going to have more time to look at the film, break down Minnesota United. Let's just hope that we come out of this. Assuming we come out of this, let's just hope that we come out ready to 
I mean, it's really, it's going to feel like a new season when they come back out on the field. Well, and, 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 you know, I'll unveil the, the financial thing I was talking about is we don't even know if there will be a season. And then a lot of questions come in about vested contracts. Are the guys that are under contract right now, do do those contracts roll over? Does this season even count towards that? Or, you know, there's a lot of things that I think that fans of sports in general, like really have to think about. And, you know, so it's like this team that you have now, you got to see two games of it, got to be pretty excited about it. Are you even going to see that team on the field again? And that's, that's another concern. Yeah, that is tough. And I think about the fans of teams that are in the USL, those teams, their profit margins are not large. In fact, many of them, many of them are operating without making any profit. Do those teams survive? Do they go bankrupt? You know, I I love my, my Mingos over in Madison. I assume that they'll be fine. They're being backed by the Madison Mallards, that organization, Big Top Sports, Big Top Entertainment, I forget the name, but they have uh, they have big money backing them, but do the USL teams survive? Yeah, and that's with all the leagues. I mean, it's not just the small leagues here. You have smaller profit margins in the European leagues and stuff like that too in some of the smaller leagues. And so there's a lot more tradition and a lot more behind that. But we've already seen some teams in recent years fold over in England for different reasons. If you can't get out there and and be able to have those games played, it, who knows? It, the whole the whole way we look at soccer in general could very well change. Yeah, yeah. Bury Bolton, both teams in significant financial trouble uh, in the past year. Not long ago, Portsmouth, which is a major team in England, recent FA Cup winners, also huge financial trouble. Actually, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but the Bundesliga in Germany, their top league actually came out saying some of their clubs may be in trouble because of this. Yeah, so it's, you know, and at some point in time, at some point in time, you're going to see these leagues, you know, like MLS. MLS is getting bigger and it's getting more popular, but at the end of the day, people only have so much money to spend. And the more that tightens... You know, because it's not just sports, it's the whole world around that's everybody's going to tighten up a little bit. You're going to find, you know, maybe people aren't going to the games as much or maybe, you know, so then what happens to contracts? What I mean, it's such a domino effect. Now, this could all be mute and in three weeks we could all be back to normal and everything's fine. But if this goes until mid-May, even into June, July, now it's it's interesting how it's going to play out for professional sports especially for a league like MLS. So that was more doom and gloom than I had originally planned. But <laughs> Sorry. Thank, uh, thank you, know, Jeremy, for coming no in with problem. that. No, I, I appreciate that. I didn't expect well, let, you to bring that up. <laughs> let's bring it up a little bit then. Let's talk yeah. about some positives. Yeah, but there are some positives. Uh, I want to start with Kevin Molino. He, his first game against Portland was just on fire. His second game, he left with a hamstring injury. Now he does obviously have full time to recover. So that has to be a positive. Well, and as we know with hamstring injuries, a lot of times athletes feel like they're okay. They try to come back a little too soon from them, and then they turn that hamstring injury into a bigger injury. So this will give him the full time. You know, Heath came out and said that it wasn't 
necessarily a serious injury. So this time away should give him plenty of time to fully heal and not have to worry about a reoccurrence. So I'm, I'm psyched about that. I'm also kind of pumped that with the UEFA Euros postponed, as much as I am disappointed that the UEFA Euros are postponed, because that is that is prime summertime sports entertainment for me. But we don't have to worry about Robin Lud going to go play for Finland. We were going to lose him for a significant part of the season. We were kind of expecting that Thomas Chacon was going to have to fill in. However, what we've seen of Chacon this season or what we have not seen of Chacon this season would tell us that we don't know if he's ready to fill in for Robin Lud. Well, and taking that positive spin, kind of going back to the to the downside of things, Chacon hasn't is losing that pitch time, that practice time to maybe be ready for when load would be on, would be off playing the euros. So he doesn't get that time to get prepared for it either. So we're, you know, he might've been ready. Jeremy, we already moved on from doom and gloom. We're on to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're on to sunshine and rainbows and candy candy gumdrops. Knowing, knowing you then, when we're talking positives, you must want to talk about Hassani Dotson. Yes, I, I love Hassani Dotson. Bangers only. I have the T-shirt. Bangers only. Hassani Dotson. Now the Olympics might still happen. They have not been ruled out, but Hassani Dotson is on the U.S. men's national team roster for the Olympics, assuming they qualify. And Mason Toy is on their short list and could potentially be called in as well. Now those guys are kind of our first off the bench players, but not having them hurts, especially as the season drags on, not having a Hassani Dotson, a Swiss army knife to just throw in there. That's going to hurt. Not having that second quality striker, that goal scoring threat, not having him to send in, uh, in Mason toy, like that would hurt in the thick of the season. Now the Olympics might happen and what I'm saying doesn't matter at all. Anything else really in terms of positives for the loons with this, with this stoppage? I would just add, you know, the loons still have one designated player slot player that doesn't count against their salary cap. They're trying to fill that spot. They've been trying for a long time specifically to bring in a number 10 attacking midfielder. They've been looking at Emmanuel Reynoso of Boca juniors. Who knows if that's going to happen. And it became very clear that if that was going to happen, it was now going to happen in June when the June transfer window opens. So with the season being delayed, that's fewer games without that designated player slot filled, regardless of if it's Emmanuel Reynoso, another attacking midfielder, or another player altogether of a different position. Justin and I have referred to plan B in the past or plan C or D, Let's hope that they find that quality designated player to fill that spot because here we are, we're trying to push for an MLS cup. An extra designated player is going to come in handy in that push. Well, and and maybe in this regard too, it's wondering, do they push back that June trans that transfer window? And so like if they, if they don't, you can get that player in earlier than you would have without a break. And if they do, how does that change the dynamics of what that looks like? I yeah, mean, and we're going to get to this a little, in a little bit when we start talking about Europe. If the European leagues push back their season and play some of their domestic season during the summer, well, 
contracts are up in June. So does that mean all of FIFA, which would include every league in the world, are all contracts extended a few months to make up for these big-time European leagues trying to finish their seasons? Well, and the crazy thing is, I mean, you know this as a teacher, like we are we are in uncharted territories. There's no one in our profession who really knows how to handle this situation. And and I, I kind of feel like it's the same way with, with FIFA is that like, how do you answer that question? <laughs> I mean, like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's unprecedented. The last time there was this kind of disruption in world soccer was for World War II in 1939. And the season had just started. They were only in September of that season. I, I believe in the English Football League, they just declared everything null and void. And there was no pushback. There was no, no one was upset. There wasn't like a Liverpool that was 25 points clear uh, because it was like, what? You, you, can't, you can't make up your mind based on the first few games that take place in September. We're in a mega war right now. There are more important things than soccer at the moment, given that these European leagues are so far in. And this will have implications for MLS contracts should all the contracts in FIFA be pushed past June. So it's, it's so crazy, man. I, I think what I heard you say is the Loons should just be rewarded the MLS Cup if we don't have the season. They're the best team right now. So Technically, hey. Sporting Kansas City would have us on goal differential. Technicalities. We don't need to hear technicalities. <laughs> they already have their barbecue. They already have Patrick Mahomes. Let's yeah. Give them that. Yeah. Come on. Come on. No, none of your technicalities. We'll we'll uh we'll just play it. Okay, Sporting KC and Minnesota Loons on FIFA, FIFA twenty twenty. <laughs> Let's get it done and uh we'll see who wins. <laughs> or maybe a cook, um, cook off some some barbecue against the Juicy Lucy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I like it. Honestly, I like a Juicy Lucy, but Kansas City barbecue. I. All right, so I know this this is an MLS podcast, and I know that we want to talk loons as much as possible. But I got into soccer watching European soccer, watching the Premier League. There's some interesting stuff going on with the Premier League right now. So let's talk about that real quick. Like let's you kind of brought up a few things about that and the Champions League. Let's talk about the Premier League. Yeah, let me give you guys a rundown quick. So the UEFA Euros, basically Europe's version of the World Cup where the European countries they duke it out in the summer to become champions of Europe. It's insanely entertaining if you haven't watched it. Well, that was postponed the 2021 as was the South American equivalent, the Copa America, which is also widely entertaining. And I wish they would just let the USA and Mexico join in every year. They've been postponed to 2021. Bundesliga suspended. Who knows how long? La Liga, Serie A, Liga 1, Eredivisie, Champions League, Europa League, everything. Everything in Europe has been suspended. And they've been given dates that they're tentatively going to reopen, but no one actually expects it to take place. No one actually expects to have soccer back in April. People honestly would be thrilled if it came back in May, but no one's even expecting that. It's been speculated these leagues are going to have to decide between ending the season as is, just declaring the season null and void, or extending the season into the summer. 
which of course has been made easier by the Euros being postponed. Let's look at those three options really quick and talk about specifically the Premier League. So if they just halt the season as is, who's who's most affected by that? I mean, first of all, Liverpool, I think in any given scenario, Liverpool deserves that championship. Now, I yeah. think the purists, and there aren't a lot of purists in the United States. I know in England, a lot of people cannot fathom the idea of Liverpool being declared champions without going through a full season. Right. Let's face it. Liverpool deserve to be the winners. Yeah, they've won the league. They've won the league. I mean, they're, they're two wins shy of it being official, but they, they've won the league. I would say if I'm a Manchester United fan, they are in fifth right now, looking yep. just outside of a Champions League spot. Of course, Manchester City might be, uh, might be outlawed from any UEFA competition for the next two years, in which case it wouldn't matter. But I would say if you're a Manchester United fan, you aren't comfortable with that decision unless Manchester City is officially excluded. If you're a Sheffield United fan or maybe a Wolves fan, you also could be a little ticked off. If you're a Tottenham fan, you might pretend to be ticked off, but really you weren't going to be in the Champions League anyway. So <laughs> go somewhere else, Tottenham. <laughs> I think where it really gets interesting, though, if they just take the league as is, Bournemouth, Watford, and West Ham all are sitting with 27 points. One of them would be the final and third relegation spot. So you got Norwich with 21, Aston Villa with 25, and then three teams tied with 27. Right now, Bournemouth would be that team, but you have enough games where that could change immensely. Even Brighton's only got 29 points. So... For Bournemouth, that would be a tough pill to swallow, not knowing what the schedules are of those teams and who's had an easier road up to this point. That, to me, would be the people that would have a real difficult time if they just stopped it as is. Right. Just to give everyone an idea, if you don't follow English soccer very closely, like we could be talking 170 million pounds over the course of three seasons should you be in the Premier League. Yep. Like in that, that's just for one season. Staying in the Premier League for one season is 170 million pounds if you get relegated the following season because of the parachute payments they have going down and following you for the following three years. That would be huge for Bournemouth if they were just relegated because they didn't have the right to fight it out for the rest of the season. That would be huge. So now you have the next option, which is. Null and void, season never happened. We go back to the previous year's standings. Now, of course, as an Arsenal fan, this seems like the best option to me because if Manchester City's ban stays and we go back to last year's standings, Arsenal's in the Champions League. So to me, obviously, that's the best option. But <laughs> truthfully, that option sucks. Why, would, why are we doing that? So you want to go back to last year's standings or do you want to just go all the way back to like the standings from 15 years ago? <laughs> I mean, okay. I deserve that. That's <laughs> fine. But I'm just saying like, that's a terrible, like I can't even believe that's being floated as an idea. Yeah. And I actually heard on uh, the Chelsea official podcast, Chelsea mic'd up. I heard today it was rumored that you would, if they just declared everything null and void, that champions league positions would be, determined by last year's standings. I actually heard on that podcast today 
that they would be determined by the UEFA club coefficient, which would involve a lot of math. It, it would be more complicated than GAM and TAM for me to explain or, you know, have an understanding of myself. So I, I, <laughs> I can't comment on that based on me listening to like 10 seconds worth of the Chelsea podcast. But <laughs> it might not just be as simple as the four teams from last year minus Manchester City get in and Arsenal gets bumped up. It might be a little bit more complicated than that. But yeah, I, I don't like that option. Then you have to think about the teams. Do they get to come up? The team, I mean, like, well, yeah. who gets to come up then? How does that work? Like, well, yeah, West, West Bromwich Albion and Leeds United are both looking strong this year, especially Leeds United. People are very excited about the possibility of having them back in the Premier League just because it's been so long. I mean, they're one of Manchester United's traditional rivals, but we were talking about bankruptcy earlier. They've been irrelevant for like the past 20 years because of their financial situation, where this is one of the traditional blue bloods of English soccer. And people love the idea of having them back in. After their strong season in the championship, are they just not allowed back in? Do they have to wait yet another year and hope that they can repeat the magic they have now? That doesn't seem right to me. Now, there has been some talk about, you know, do you promote both those teams? And just have a 22-team Premier League next year and then relegate five teams. That could be a potential compromise, but who knows? That could be interesting. So then the last option is, of course, to resume the season. So whenever this whenever this goes, whenever however long this goes, you just pick up where you left off. So I guess my first question is, at what point in time is that no longer an option? Like, at what point, like, if we resume mid-May if we resume mid-June like at what point in time is that no longer like a viable option so first of all judging by what came out of England today in a joint statement by the Football League the FA the Premier League the Women's Super League that joint statement that came out today made it very clear that they want to finish this season before beginning the next one To me, that means that they're going to take on some inconveniences, that they're going to, you know, really prioritize finishing the season. I I don't know if this coming fall is just as bad as things are right now or even worse. Do you wait to finish the 2019-2020 season in the spring of 2021? That sounds a little crazy, but where there's a will, there's a way. You just have to be willing to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the best option if they can do it in a reasonable fashion. I don't think it makes sense if they don't start playing soccer again until October. Like, oh, well, we're going to finish the season real quick. And then, you know, like you said, contract stuff. And I mean, like, that just doesn't seem viable. I, this is It's going to be so interesting. And, and I think the bottom line is, even though we know this is trying times and it's a time where we all got to just sort of make sacrifices. We want our soccer back, man. Like we miss it. We do. We absolutely do. And so maybe one of the last bastions of like soccer that we got a chance to see was the U S women winning um, the, she believes cup. That was, that was fun. I, I love watching the U S women's national team in the World Cup and in the Olympics. 
when it comes to friendlies, I typically have it on and I kind of do something else while it's on. The She Believes Cup is, I kind of take it as a glorified friendly, but at least it's against some of the more elite teams in the world of women's soccer. So it was entertaining, and the U.S. women's team won all three of their games very convincingly against England, Spain, and Japan. So good women's sides uh, on the world stage, and they took care of business. But that wasn't really the whole story. <laughs> no, it was not. And you, you learned that going into the third game against Japan when they, they come out in their warm-up. They come, up, come out in their warm-up kits, and they're all inside out. They're inside out so that the USA badge is, you can't see it because it's inside out, but you can see the stitching of the four stars that signify the, world, the four World Cup championships above the shield. That was in, obviously in direct protest against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Jeremy, I'm, I'm sorry, this has to be the stupidest move that the U.S. Soccer Federation could have possibly made. They've been in this long standoff with the women's national team players over the fight for equal pay between the men's and the women's team. Their lawyer made a statement found within an excerpt from the documents they filed there's just the dumbest strategy they could have possibly made <laughs> if they were actually trying to win this case. Yeah, so let me read this excerpt real quick. It says, The women do not perform equal work requiring equal skill and effort to the men because the overall soccer playing ability required to compete at the senior MNT level is materially influenced by the level of certain physical attributes such as speed and strength. What the heck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean... I don't remember getting in my time machine and going back to the fifties, but, uh, I, I don't have words, man. I'm, I'm like, I almost think that this was sabotage of some kind because who is that dumb to say something like that? I'm not a conspiracy guy, but that had to have been sabotage. There had to have been someone writing that. That's just like, we want these guys at the U.S. Soccer Federation to look as bad as possible. So I'm going to write the worst thing I possibly could. Like, what? <laughs> well, and the U.S. women's team is probably the best female team out there in female sports. I mean, this is a team that has brought so much pride and so much to our country. Our men's team kind of sucks. Like, I hate to say it, but it does. I mean, we didn't even make the World Cup last time. Yeah. You know, we, we got beat by, like, Trinidad and Tobago. Kevin Mojito's so, Trinidad and Tobago. Well, that must have been why. Yep. <laughs> but still, like, I, I, I just, it really upsets me when we have these situations come up and you just, you have so much ignorance come out with it. Right. Like, and I'm not... In terms of international play, I think it should be equal. I'm not going to sit there. Once we get into professional leagues and stuff like that, like it, there's a certain point where like the MLS and the um, you know the female version of the MLS, there's a reason they don't make the same amount of money, and you know it's, there's all kinds of reasons why that is with attendance and with you know whatever following ad, advertisers, blah 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 blah. But when you're talking about the international stage, there's no reason 
that these women are not making the same as the men. It doesn't make sense. What I, what I would tell people is, you, you know, like there, there are mornings I wake up early and I turn on the Chelsea women's, I turn on the Chelsea women's team and I watch them in the women's super league. The people that are arguing for equal pay, I hope you're doing that because that is the only way that this issue is going to really go away is do you watch the NWSL? You, you know, the Portland Thorns, watch them on ESPN+. Plus. They draw this huge crowd in. It's an absolute blast. You get to watch some of these women's national team players that you've grown to love. My, my favorite, Rose Lavelle, plays for the Washington Spirit. It, again, ESPN Plus is $5 a month. It's not asking a lot. And then you get to watch these games. You get to support these players. If you live in a metro that has a team, go to the games. Because, you know, as someone that watches these games, I can tell you, besides Portland, the crowds are not MLS-sized crowds. So go to the games. The, the women's national team, they should make the same amount as the men. Let's, let's just end this argument. But, God, what a stupid, what a stupid uh, quote to be made by the... Well, yeah, I mean, just... It's kind of one of those things like, hey, you know, even if you feel that way, maybe you should um, shut up yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> don't add fuel to the fire that's already burning so horribly bright. Right. Like we both hate Tottenham. Like we didn't spend this entire podcast complaining about Tottenham. No, but, you know, to be honest with you, Sam, um, if soccer doesn't start, we may have to do an anti-Tottenham podcast at some point in time. <laughs> you know, if Justin goes on another trip and we don't have soccer yet, we could talk about all the reasons we hate Tottenham. Or, you know, I have this podcast. You have the My Franchise podcast. What if there was a third podcast that was just hosted by us that the entire <laughs> focus of the podcast was just trashing Tottenham? That sounds like a good plan. But there's one thing, you know, the Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans, we can't agree on much, but Tottenham sucks. <laughs> so, all right. President of the U.S. Soccer Federation, Carlos Cordero, he resigned. Uh, Cindy Parlocon took over. Hopefully things get worked out. This seems like inevitable. You don't treat your most marketable players this way. Right. You just don't. Fix it. And, and just fix it. Yep. There's not much more to add on that. So you wanted to kind of talk to me about something in terms of the um, Minnesota United and MLS in general. So what were kind of those questions you had for me coming into this podcast? Well, yeah. So I would consider you, you know, a casual Minnesota United fan. You, you follow them. You don't necessarily watch every game. Have you been to a game since the original snow opener? No, I've ne- I've only been to one Loons game, and it was at it was at uh, the TCF, and it was after a um, after a international right. You saw game. like Olympiacos yep. and Man City, Olympiacos and Man City. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember. I remember you going to that one. I think I was out of town, and I was jealous. But yeah, so you went to that Loons game, and then I remember going to the snow opener with you. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right, against Atlanta. Yep, where we got yep. killed, that's right? right. <laughs> yeah, we got we got murdered. Yep. 
I, I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on the reach of Minnesota United to the average Minnesota sports fan. So you're, you're open to soccer. I know not every Minnesota sports fan is open to soccer. I think of last year, it was a fun season. They were competitive. There's this awesome new stadium right off of 94 that you just can't miss. What is the reach like outside of the diehard Loons fans? Uh, for example, it, still on KFAN, which I love. That's my favorite station. So I'm not knocking them. They rarely cover the Loons. Yeah, I mean, and it, to be real honest, I mean, I think casual fan is even being a little kind. I mean, I maybe watch two games a year. I, I generally check out. I'm a box score guy. I generally check check out the box scores, see how they're doing. Like I was like, oh, cool, they're going to make the playoffs last year, and you know, I, I was I uh, I paid attention a little bit to the playoff game and and everything. But part of the problem is is that you, a lot of times it's out of sight, out of mind. You don't really think about it. And honestly, like it was kind of nice um, when you guys started doing your podcast this year, it was kind of fun to like get to know the thing I really like about what you guys have done is I got to know the players a little bit. I got to like really find out who's where and, and who's sort of expected to be the top players and, and all that stuff. And, and it kind of gave me a little more of a connection to the team. And so that was a big thing from your guys' podcast that I really connected with. And it made me want to watch. I mean, I tried really hard to watch the San Jose game, but I don't have cable anymore. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't find a place to watch it. And, and so, and like you said, you don't see it on the radio stations. You don't really sports center. Maybe gets a, you know, quick blurb or whatever that, you know, so it's just, I think, I don't know if it's a marketing thing. I don't know if MLS has to, I don't know if MLS has to do something different to reach their markets, but you see it in the stadium. Those crowds are great, especially the Minnesota United crowds are super into the games. Yeah, as a casual fan, I mean, honestly, if I didn't try to, I would never hear about the Loons. Sure. Well, we have to get you to Allianz Field because the experience there is so much better than TCF. And even as a Badger fan, I love TCF as a stadium. I think it was so well designed and, you know, the location and proximity to Surly, I love it. But the atmosphere at Allianz with kind of the partial roof over the crowd, you know, keeps in the sound and just the wonder wall, just rocking. You got to go. Hopefully this summer we can go, but if not summer 2021, we're definitely going to rock it out at Allianz, man. Yeah, I really want to go. I, I love. I mean, I've I've gone to a couple of those international friendly games. Like you said I was at. I forgot I was at it, but I was at the uh, the snow opener. Soccer is just so much fun. It's so much fun when you're there and just to get into it and like. So yeah, I, I definitely going to take you up on that, Sam. As soon as we can get back into the swing of things, I'd love to go to a game. So we're we're talking future now. So. The future of this podcast, uh, right now, my plan is to keep going. How we exactly do that is still up in the air. You know, Justin is in Hawaii right now and, you know, understandably doesn't want me bugging him about the future of the podcast during the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. So, Or during his honeymoon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which, by the way, he told me, I asked him uh, in text, I said, so what is Hawaii like right now? 
He's like, well, honestly, at the resort, I, I can't even totally tell that we're going through this pandemic right now. <laughs> so I, I'm interested to see what he has to say when he gets back. Maybe he has an entire podcast about what the pandemic was like in Hawaii. I don't know. But we, we do plan to keep going just because I, I think we all we all need some you know normalcy in our life right now. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it took a lot of it took a lot of just courage over the past several years for me to decide that I knew enough about one topic to fake my way through a podcast. And I don't want to throw that away. You know, five episodes in, I want to keep going. Well, and I think that, you know, like you said, where can we find our normalcy, right? I mean, so this is something you just started doing, something you've been doing every week now for a couple of weeks. Maybe that can be part of your normalcy is something you keep going. I mean, maybe, maybe you start doing, you know, audio documentaries. You can do like the history of Jose Moreno and, <laughs> you know, the rise and fall of the, the, what is it? The great one. Is that what he calls himself? The special one. <laughs> the special one. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, so, I was a, I was a history major, right? Like I, yeah. So for sure. My, my major was history education. I only actually taught history for two years which meant that I used my history degree for two years longer than the average history major. But <laughs> well, and, and Justin's a math guy, right? He's a math guy. Yeah. He's a math guy. So while you're working on that, he can try to figure out that equation to figure out who gets to go into the champion <laughs> the coefficient. <league>. Yeah. <laughs> the coefficient. Yeah. He can, so you work on, <laughs> he'll figure out the coefficient and the gammon, gammon tam for the MLS salary yep. cap. Yep. So that's that. <laughs> see, so it sounds like you guys got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we we have a plan, and I'm I'm set. So yeah, and I mean, right now I don't feel like I have a lot of time on my hands. Yesterday I was in literally every corner of Minneapolis and St. Paul delivering school supplies. So give a yeah. give a shout out to your your local educators in your life because. Man, this is not easy on them. I'm not saying that we're nurses. I'm not even saying that we're retail workers, but it's not easy for us right now. Well, and and I think a good way to kind of wrap things up, Sam. First off, thanks for for letting me do this with you and, you know, I'm going to have to return this favor at some point in time and make you be on the My Franchise Fantasy Football podcast. But uh I think a good way to kind of wrap things up is just Remember that there's a lot of people out there who are doing everything they can to make things run the right way. And yes, it's easy to remember the doctors and the nurses and the people who have to be on the front lines and the first responders. But, you know, the people that are going in every morning to be a cashier at a grocery store and and they're driving those trucks late at night to get the to deliver, you know, the food. So people have that. Obviously, being in education, the teachers, yes, but man, I don't know about at your school, but the paraprofessionals in my school, the people, the unsung heroes of the school, they just had to step up so huge. So there's just so many people out there. Sports are such a huge part of my life, but at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Right. Right now is a time for us to come together as a country, support those people who are putting their lives out there and doing their best they can to keep things running the way it needs to. So just be kind to your fellow man these next couple months as we go through something that no one knows how long it's going to last or how to handle it. So absolutely be kind. Well said, Jeremy, I can't do it better myself. So, you know, you're welcome back anytime. We typically record on Thursday nights. 
Uh, so, you know, take care of yourself, stay healthy, don't run out of toilet paper. And uh, yeah, until next time, man, pot on you loons. <laughs> <laughs>